Welcome back, everyone, to the Comedy Castle Podcast. I'm Joel Fragamani, telling you what's happening here at the Comedy Castle this week. Talking to our headliner this week and Carmen Morales. A little later, we had a fun chat. Me and Carmen did. I'll tell you more about what we talked about. She's very entertaining, and she's a first time at the Comedy Castle, so it's always fun to have a new headliner. But there's a, a bunch of shows this week that I got to catch you up on in case you're unaware. Uh, you know, last week, what a great show last week. I got to thank Ian Bag for coming on. What a fun weekend we had with Ian. We even had Detroit legend Mike Binder doing guest sets on Saturday night. Or a guest set. I wasn't there. <laughs> Normally I'd be there, but I had something to do Saturday night. So I missed Mike Binder. But if you came out to see Ian on Saturday, you might have got a chance to see the great Mike Binder as well. So that was fun. And then uh, we had Jen Fulweiler on. Her show is this Wednesday, the 19th. So it might be right now as you're listening to this, Jen Fulweiler uh, the 19th on Wednesday there at 7.30. Now, I said last week tickets are very limited, and we're talking like a handful of tickets left. So if you want to see Jen, do it now. Get those tickets right now. And then Carmen Morales, who you'll be hearing from shortly, uh, is in Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 7.30 Thursday, 7.15 and 9.45 on Friday and 7 p.m. and 9.30 on Saturday. We also have a Saturday matinee this week. Yes, a couple times a year we'll have a matinee show. And sometimes a matinee is for kids. Could be some YouTuber doing their thing. This one's probably not for the kids. In fact, this one's... This one's probably for your mom or your grandmom. The Day Players. It's a it's a bunch of guys, soap opera actors, playing music of all things. Yeah, it sounds cool. I mean, I I don't really know these guys that well, but uh, Wally Kurth, Eric Marstolf, Brandon Barash, and Carson Boatman. They do a ninety minute acoustic act, and that'll be at one o'clock. On Saturday, April 22nd, there are still some tickets available for that as well. Not I'm looking right now. Not many, but there's some. Be in the back of the room probably, but uh, there are tickets available if you want to come see the day players. They're guys from Days of Our Lives and General Hospital getting together. That's cool. Good for them. Hey, maybe they're talented musicians. They, they look like handsome guys. I don't know. I mean... Guess I'd want, I don't know, want to watch them play music and sing. Not going to come do a soap opera. But we, you guys will get it. Come on. If you know somebody that's into soap operas, let them know that we've got the day players on Saturday. All right. I'm going to move on <laughs> to Sunday night. And that's already sold out. But let's mention that Jeff Allen, uh, who Jeff Allen, for those who don't know, Jeff is a, a mega star on uh, a dry bar. Uh, he's gone viral in the last few years. They say he has 300 million views on social media, and he's in for us on Sunday night. But that show completely sold out. I don't believe there's any tickets for Jeff Allen. Certainly uh, check with our social media 
Follow us over there on Facebook or Twitter. We'll update you if there's any tickets left. But as of right now, it is sold out if you go to ComedyCastle.com and try to buy a ticket. So if you got in early on Jeff Allen, you're good. If you waited, no good. That's why I tell you guys, you got to get in. You got to get those tickets. Come on now. Been saying this every week. Sold out a bunch of shows with Ian Bag over the weekend. It was fantastic. So please get your tickets early if you're coming. And I think I got to talk to some of these guys earlier, too. Maybe I'm going to start doing that. Get you could have had Jeff Allen on the show. Said, Jeff, let's sell some tickets, brother. Meanwhile, he sold out the whole thing. So no, no talk to me. But uh, it'll be fun to have Jeff out. I've seen him before. He's great. Um, well, let's get into this uh, Carmen Morales discussion. I mean, she was uh, a new headliner to me. You'll hear me talk about this. I watched her HBO Max special. That she did. It was actually her and another comic. And uh, they did short sets, but it was a really fun special to watch. It was cool. It was cool that it wasn't an hour. You know, you get a vibe for who somebody is in like 15 minutes on this special that she did. So look that up. It was fun. But you hear us talk about, uh, you know, being from Florida. What's that like? And, and, and where I should live if I was going to go to Florida. Uh, well, you'll hear us talk about... Uh, uh, professional wrestling of all things <laughs> was on her Instagram and found out that Carmen liked professional wrestling and knows a bunch of those guys. And I'm a fan too. A lot of, a lot of comics are fans. You'll hear us talk about, it. but uh, so we talked about professional wrestlers. You'll hear some of my stories about uh, being the opening act and working with some of these professional wrestlers. Some of them weren't great. <laughs> You'll also hear, I think it's kind of the first thing you'll hear is a very uh, a funny story that I told. Uh, she she brought up that she had been at the Comedy Castle once before, and uh, I'll tell her the story that, that probably a lot of people don't know. We taped a television show, and it didn't go well. Had some issues. <laughs> so you hear that story right away. It's a fun talk. I, I really enjoyed talking to Carmen. A lot of, lot of dating stuff, a lot of... Uh, you know, she is uh, single on stage. You know, sometimes you got to do that, even if you're in a relationship. You write the jokes, you're single. It makes you something. It gives you some some fame, some credibility. It's a great act. You do it everywhere. But meanwhile, you got somebody at home. You know, I, I've, I've been there, too. <laughs> She's not alone in doing that. So you hear us talk a lot about dating, what it's like to date a comic. It's a fun talk. And then... Uh, uh, we're going to come back after. So, you know, if you listen to Carmen, don't turn it off right away. I got to tell you something. Uh, when we get back, it's uh, it's not the, the best news. I hate to report something like this, but let's have you listen without hearing any of that to the to the uh, delightful talk that I had with Carmen Morales right now. Good to have you on the show here today. Uh, first time at the Comedy Castle for you, is it this week? First time at the oh, Comedy Castle. Another I'm pretty excited about a it. A Comedy Castle virgin. Mm-hmm. Not the first that we've had recently. The only time I was ever there was kind of years ago when they were filming. Do you remember Laughs? Yeah, on Fox? I was there for Laughs, sure. I did a little Laughies um, on Fox there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was... Uh... Now, there was one of those tapings where they filmed a whole night of laughs on Fox and then the guy misplaced the SD cards. Did you know that story? 
Oof, I was <laughs> not there that night. <laughs> so yours, yours made it onto the television and everything. Yes. Because oh yeah, man, what a horrible! Yeah. Um, the dog ate my oh, right. one of the he tech. Did not have a TV show. Yeah, one of the tech guys lost or misplaced or somehow was stolen all of the SD cards with the whole night of tapings on it. Um, and then they had to come back like two weeks later and do a whole nother round of tapings. And then some of those people were from out of town, so it didn't make sense for them to come maybe back all the way to Detroit. So they went to other places. It was all mess. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I guess and not to shit on our own kind, but I guess that's what happens when you have a comedian try to produce a comedy. I, yeah, he was. Well, Steve, uh, what's Steve's last name? Hofstetter, right? Hofstetter. He was there. And then I, because I'm usually the guy that runs the light maybe at the club. So I was running okay. the light for a lot of those tapings. So I was back there hanging out with Steve all night. Yeah, it was quite a watching television taped through a wall. It was fantastic. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You're like blinking from. Yeah, <laughs> you can't see anything. Like, but I if we. Yeah. If we I'm did meet them. They're doing well. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's kind of like, I guess so. Steve will go out there, tell his jokes and then just sweeten up all the laughter at the end, which is what he did anyway. <laughs> nice. Just take them all. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I look, I'm I'm out there. I don't care. <laughs> What's Steve Hofstetter going to do to me? I'm the host of the Comedy Castle podcast, Steve. Come get some. You want to you want a beef? Let's do it, pal. Well, a lot of people kind of shit on him for producing that because we didn't get paid a lot. But yeah, it was really because he pitched it as such a yeah. low budget yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He was just like, this is the only way I can get it made is if nobody makes any money, including uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got no problem with Steve. And yeah, that yeah, show, yeah, sure. I think in Detroit, you could see that at about 2 a.m. on like. Saturday night, Sunday morning. It was not mm -hmm. a really, but you know, hey, TV is TV. Now I have to say, I started my day. I'm proud to say this. Uh, I started my day watching you on HBO this this uh, morning. Oh, you watched my little special. Yeah, Thank it was terrific. You. I really liked that. Thank yeah, you, HBO Max, and uh, I liked how intimate that venue was. I thought that looked really cool. Yeah, it was like in a basement. It was perfect for me. Um, it was in a basement at Chelsea Music Hall. And I think he did an open bar. The producer did an open bar. And it was, I think, like 120. Oh, which okay. is perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. the comedy seller. That's right. the fucking yeah. OR at the, the, um, the comedy store. It's just like, it's perfect. It's just the perfect amount of people, I think, to film. Yeah. I know a lot of people like to film in theaters and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. the bigger the theater, the bigger the space you have to fill. I like an intimate feeling because I get, I get in people's faces. I'm, uh, you know, hey, I'm in there. Get in there. <laughs> um, I'm little, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, what do they call them? Firecracker. There you go. Yeah. All right. And uh, so uh, I like an intimate setting. So it was really lovely for me in a, in a place I was really comfortable in, you yeah. know? Yeah, it looked cool. It was it was nice. And of course, so funny. I got I got so many. And this is most of my questions for you come out of that special. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some of those are those things called jokes. So yeah, I, I understand that. that. <laughs> I understand that. But, you know, some of it even uh, for me, very relatable because uh, mm -hmm. I'm an Italian guy. Oh, nice. And not everybody knows I'm Italian. You have to know my because I'm Joel, which is kind of a Jewish thing. But I'm not mm -hmm. Jewish. I'm Italian because Fragameni is Italian. But people, yeah. if they don't know your last name, they don't know. 
So they assume they don't understand that I'm Italian. And you kind of, being Latin and sort of the way you carry yourself, people don't always think you're Latin unless they know better, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, especially like if you're just like a bit lighter complected, um, you know, you could, you got a cognito, you can hide. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. And that's the other thing. Uh, that I loved about it is it was in New York and it was also the audience was also like, like predominantly Latin as yeah. well. So I'm also making a joke to, they know what I'm talking sure, about. Yeah, you yeah. Know? There's plenty of them that are like that. And, um, and again, nobody ever really talks about it. It's like how we get to kind of sneak, sneak around mm-hmm. between the, the light race war that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can pass for something else. If they, if they come for the Latinos, you yeah. can be something else and just hope that they haven't come for them yet. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because if I say, oh, I can pass for Jewish. Well, if they're coming for the Italians. Well, the, that's the other the thing. Ju- the Jews have been Italian. taken already. Yeah. So. I'm half Italian. Oh, you're so half Italian. Italian. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, full-blooded abusive. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm yeah. listening. I only beat up a couple of my boyfriends, not all of them. Well, yeah, a couple Just of them probably couple. deserve it. Yeah, yeah, a little mouthy, real mouthy. A lot of these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> what did I buy a panini press if you're not going to make me a sandwich? All right. right, I'm kidding. Well, you know, I can't blame you know guys are. You, you got to find the right person. <laughs> For sure, I don't find someone you don't want to smack around. Well, because you know? I mean, I this special is a couple years old, but you talk a lot about being single, and I don't know if that's still mm-hmm. the case or where you're at with that. But uh, you know, I am see I am seeing someone uh, right right now, oh. and I don't want to I don't want to bit you, but <laughs> um, I, I I I genuinely enjoy this person, and I think it's the worst. I don't think we're yeah. supposed to be with people who oh. like. Oh no! Oh no! I hope he's not listening. it's just a lot it's a lot of work it's a lot of compromising and when you're used to being by yourself it's just even more exotic like can i just hate date like i was before you know be with people you don't like build up a case of resentment use the rage (laughs) do your creative projects you know i'm talking about way more effective that way way more see i get it i i've been in a relationship for five years and and i go you know by now i should hate this person and it hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet, and I'm waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? It's because I was raised by comedians. I started super young. Oh, uh, really? Like I, I started working at like 22. Yeah. Um, so I was always, and I started going on the road full time at like 25. Mm-hmm. Like it was super early. Yeah. So um, I was only ever hanging around with dudes. It was just me, and because this was back. <laughs> This was back before they let female more than one female comedian on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just me and a bunch of dudes all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So I was basically like how I thought the world was, was just based on bits, just based on jokes of other comedians, you know? Yeah. So it was always just like, okay, bitches be crazy. Okay. Uh, bitches be shopping. All right. So I just won't shop as much. <laughs> um Bitches don't know how to drive, learn how to drive. I could parallel mm. park, do all that shit myself. You know, I was just trying to, to not be a bit, I guess. <laughs> well, and, and then you have uh, sort of male behavior on the road, which probably in your case, I would think guys maybe were on their best behavior if you were actually traveling with them. 
Um, I mean, for the mo- for the most part, I mean, I, you throw a stone down any female comedian's past. And uh, you're going to get some form of abuse. Mm. Right. (laughs) Again, especially when you're around dudes all the time and they're not used to having chicks around. So it was like you would get two schools of thought. Either somebody was like, oh, shit, I forgot you were a chick. Do you want to (laughs) fuck? Or you would get um, I wouldn't get treated like a woman at all. It would be like they would forget that I I, I had a vagina and it would just be like, right, Carm? And I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. I've never picked face fucked a waitress i don't know what you're talking about you know (laughs) so it would just be um either you were one of the guys or uh they were they remembered you were a woman and would try to have sex with you Mm. those are the kind of the two main because that's that's the other thing too is nobody seems to remember is everybody's loaded this is also before every comedian was sober like Mm. this was before anybody was on the rails so it was like back when booze and drugs were still like prevalent yeah, more I, so than than it is now. I worked for a booker, and he would, because this female comedian friend of mine said that when she got booked, she would mm-hmm. go on the road with this guy, and there was only ever one enough in the budget for one hotel room. There oh, wasn't yeah. enough money for two hotel rooms. I mean, while I go on the road with this guy, we had our own hotel rooms. But when she went on the road, for some reason, the budget only allowed for one hotel room. Right. And I always found that very convenient. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. So scummy. Yep. I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry you had to endure that. So I, you know. I mean, if if anything, I I'm the the type that was um very much unfazed by that. I'm yeah. still at old, very much old school in the sense that I just, you know, I fought a motherfucker if I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there is no uh, I never I like even though I was put in a position to be to be victimized, I never felt like a victim if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. I did better uh, as a comic because I was actually dating the girls I brought on the road with me. Oh, there you go. Which didn't work out either, but I thought at yeah, least no, it was. Yeah, no, no, it's a very bad move. She'd be like, you want to work? Yeah. <laughs> Babe, you want to come to work with me? You better be, better be a comic. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, <laughs> you want to do five minutes tonight? Yeah, there's no money in it because they're barely paying me. But uh, yeah. you can ride. We'll you ride up your- there and we'll have this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that never worked. The comic I did the Dayton comics thing, and it I had to I had to stop that. But I just got off a fucking fifteen year stint of dating nothing but comics. Yeah, so yeah. It, it is nice to be the crazy one in the relationship. <laughs> now I will say it's nice to just be the only nuts one, as opposed to two crazy people trying to yeah. make it work it out. But yeah, um, yeah it was uh Dating comics is hard. You get neuroses, you got narcissism, you got ADHD. It's like, which one are you? You got to make sure you get the right flavor. <laughs> what kind of mental illness are we swapping here? <laughs> well, the one thing that I found dating comics is that the subject of comedy and like our acts was always off limits. Like that was always a fight. Like she oh, would, really? she would, well, never would never take advice from me. I would never, you know, I stopped trying to give her advice cause she would just yell at me and I didn't want to take any of her advice from me. So, you know, we were two comics and the thing we had most in common, we could never talk about cause it would just be a fight. Wow. I yeah. think that's a y'all thing. I Maybe to comedy at Maybe. With everybody I've been with, mm. but, but also sometimes you got to remember uh, not everybody wants advice. That's one. true. Yeah. And um, you want to figure it out on your mm-hmm. own. You know, I definitely had to learn how to do that. I had to not open someone's soda for them when I handed it to them. It's just like, maybe they want to hear the <laughs> sound, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get that. 
so deny them that uh, the joy of learning, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's also communicate being able to communicate effectively. And a lot of times comics don't, especially when you go from like being a comic to a real person with the same person going back and forth. It, a lot of times can be difficult because then when it's something that one of you wants to be a person about and one of you is still in comedy mode, you just end up hurting somebody's feelings by being silly or, or making light of something. And yeah. it, it ends up feeling like they're being belittled. Yeah. Being with a comedian is very difficult. That's why whenever comics bring their ladies around and they just leave them there by themselves, <laughs> I'm always just like, I'm so tired of that. That, that just leave them at home. If, yeah. if you don't want to, if you don't want to communicate with them while, while they're out, they definitely didn't come out here to hang out with me. Yeah. Who I ended up, you know, being the cool chick, you always end up, but they end up, you know, managing Com- everybody else's comics wise. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Cause that's one of the things now working at the comedy castle. Cause I don't really go on the road. I work the door and I'm in the showroom and I yeah, saw, yeah, yeah. The, here's what I saw this weekend. And I'm not going to name the comic, even though this is a compliment to him. I watched Ooh. a comics fiance sit there and really, really be into his act over the weekend. And I was fascinated. <laughs> I was like, yeah, is this I how mean, it works? Is this how are they doing this? Why is she into this guy so much? Well, I mean, yeah, I don't get that. Dude, that, that's the thing with my new guy is yeah. like, uh, that's all I ever was like, don't worry, you're going to get tired of it. And he's yeah. just like, no, this is so exciting. Yeah. I'm so like, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> I'm tired of it. You yeah. know, like, how are you? So full of uh, life when it comes to it. So we, we had a guy. Like, we had a guy once at the club and he'd bring his wife all the time and two perfectly nice people. I don't want to say they had any problems in their marriage or anything, but she would get, she would have a few too many drinks, right? Cause she'd sure, sure, there. Sure. and, um, and he's meanwhile, you know, trying to be the star of the show, but it seemed like whenever they got together, whenever, you know, they would talk, she was giving him an earful of whatever he did not need to hear to go on stage <laughs> It like she was super pissed at him and he was trying to be the showman and it was yeah. really entertaining to watch. I got to say uh, that. Night. I mean, yeah. Why do people watch reality television? Yeah. Of course, it's just drama, but uh, it's not good for either one of them. No, I will say that it's definitely a spectacle, but not healthy in any way. No, not um, at all. What was what's weird about that is when you get crazy people together, a lot of times like <laughs> it's just an, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just enough where it works mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Like I would never recommend it. Some people like that weird cyclical, not good for us, but we don't give a shit. We like it anyways, kind of yeah. behavior. And some, that, that's the whole thing is like when you have one of those people in a relationship, one of the person that's not, that's like trying to fix things. Well, I'm trying to fix why I, <laughs> I don't want you to bomb anymore. I'm trying to help, you know? And, and then people not understanding intentions, like oh, all, all that stuff. I mean, yeah. I get it. I, I think, get it, but it's also weird and wonderful to watch uh, it, yeah, it fall apart in front of you. Be. And and I also think it's good to have your own friends and not have because your comics, you're going to know all the same people. People have relationships that you know sort of predate yours, and it's a whole weird thing of oh, we got to deal with these people now collectively versus yeah. me just going hey. Well, then also, and especially if you're in like a larger scene or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, the dynamic of how everybody, because that everybody likes to be like, no, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I'm friends with both of you. Then once the breakup happens, right. it's very apparent who they actually were friends with. <laughs> My favorite line, guys would tell this, say that about me. They say, oh, you're dating that girl. And, and that, you know, like I, my friend Bill Hildebrand, who sadly passed away, would pull the girls I dated aside uh, that it were comics. And he'd say, mm. you know, you're just fucking your way to the middle with this guy. 
That was his line. <laughs> that was his line, which was, you know, a commentary a on my line. talent. That's not even his. Yeah, That's not it's even a, his. That's it's, been around forever. It's been around forever, but uh, you know, the, the girls always found that entertaining. Right. Uh, you know, so all right, what else? And you're from Florida. I know I, I dialed a Florida number today to talk to you. I am. I am original from originally from Florida. Uh, definitely not on purpose. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked the dick to, of the country to come from. It's a little hacky for me, if I'm being honest with yeah. you. What, what uh, part of Florida? Um, Orlando. Okay, because Florida ha- is very different. The you know I've spent enough time there to know you know Gulf Coast very different from Miami and. Miami yeah. and Orlando like and all that. There's nursery home Florida. There's like salsa Florida. Yeah. There's like Florida all in like, yeah, the state's got a little bit of it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, how would you describe Orlando as compared to other places? Um, Orlando, I'm kind of mad at because it's starting to get cool now. Oh. And I've been rebelling against it being <laughs> just a tourist town. Yeah that we you know is being sucked dry by disney and um and by all means go there yeah suck on the teat <laughs> but um it was just when you were from there it was like nobody would give any love to any other parts of it so a lot of the arts and stuff of that scene were kind of like um yeah but like the food scene the the entertainment scene like all the cultural scene the, the shit i was into nobody was really giving any love to so i was like man fuck this place and and now over the last probably like seven, five to seven years, it's really like their their arts are getting amped up, like really good acts are coming through there. Mm-hmm. And like um, there's a lot of young uh, entrepreneurs opening restaurants there. So it's like starting to become a proper city. Yeah. And so now I'm like, fuck you, Orlando. Why are you getting cool <laughs> now? Like, <laughs> yeah, because I, I when I was the times I've spent there, uh, I've always said, you know, could I live here? And mm-hmm. I could have lived in Miami, although I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, my parents you can only live in, yeah. afford to live in Miami if you're a rich guy's mistress. That's yeah. how you afford yeah. to live in Miami. And then my parents would go to Naples for a month, so I'd hang out with them. And I again go, the nursery home that yeah. I was talking about. But mm-hmm. Naples very comfortable. And I go, God, I think I could do this Naples, but I'm too young, and I want to go yep. out after ten o'clock, and that's not possible in this town. So that that's out. Uh, and, and then I don't, I haven't been in Tampa recently. I was there when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then when I toured, I used to tour for, uh, giggles of Florida. You ever, you ever do those? Oh yeah, God. I know. No, the laughter is, it's the most laughter I heard about from giggles after two weeks of doing this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Talking about a nursery home. Oh, the, so, heavens. I don't think, I think they, they, when you came in, they'd hit you with the defense. Oh. So you, technically they could charge you admission. It, there was uh, I'm pretty sure at one point there was a gurney in the audience. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you did it. Well, but. these were, I, I don't know if you did them or not, but these were like the smallest towns in Florida that no one had ever heard of. You would tell people, Hey, I'm going to Florida and I'm playing all these. I'm playing. I think I played like 12 different cities or something. And they're like, what's it? And I'm like, You've never heard of any of these, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. and uh, just, you know, <laughs> driving for hours, to, you know, all right, leave out of Tampa three hours and you're like, where, where am I? You know? Yeah. <laughs> nowhere. That's where you yeah, were. It was nowhere. And I, I swear I, ha- I would try to have fun and say, I'm going to swim in the pool, maybe in the ocean. I had a couple of uh, spots that were by the ocean. You know, these one nighters. And I, I try to enjoy that. 
But otherwise, it was a whole lot of just seeing parts of Florida no one else did. It was not well, the best. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what is that the Florida comedy scene? Of, though? I did a lot of those. Yeah, it yeah. is a lot of that. It's a very big deal. Well, the thing about it is for a while there, there was enough of that kind of work mm-hmm. in Florida where you didn't ever have to leave. So you would have these dudes yeah. that would just tour Florida, you know, making an okay living, just never having to go. And then they would be like married to like a doctor or <laughs> You know, yeah. or an RN or somebody's an accountant, some chick that was making some good cash, and, and they would never have to go. They would they would do all the giggles and they would do yeah. the the chuckle bucket and all <laughs> you know all these weird ass yeah. <laughs> fish yeah. lips and yeah. every other um, uh, Win- a nautical themed restaurant that had Winter a Haven, Florida, yeah, Ocala, Florida. So I'm mm-hmm. trying, those are the big towns I can remember from those. Oh rides, yeah. But. Sebastian, Homosassa. Florida. Homosassa. Oh let, me, let, me tell, let me tell you about the worst. Okay. Sebastian, also, great place to camp, great place to fish. Okay. Not great for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, one of the worst ones was Homosassa, Florida. Okay. Because it was in a, it was like um, a biker bar. Okay. That was in an airplane hangar. So <laughs> it was this huge warehouse. And the inside of it, uh, was decorated as if the man had just gotten divorced <laughs> and was, and he was like finally gonna have his own man cave yeah. that his ex wife never let him have. <laughs> so there was a statue of Captain Morgan. There was this massive fan at the top. There was like a a partial partial race car that was on top of the bar. the The most disturbing part was they had a, a the door to a monster truck that just said <laughs> NGR on it. Like it was clearly gunslinger. It was the, yeah. that was a famous, um, but that's not <laughs> the part of the car. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. NGR. You I, yeah. You get it. Yeah. And uh, those were the kind of people that were in it too. The kind where there was a drum set on stage, but it was <laughs> hidden behind plexiglass. Like, <laughs> I was like, am I performing in Roadhouse? Is this my voice <laughs> like the movie Roadhouse so much? Because that's what it felt like. Yeah. And they were, they were rough. Yeah, they, they were, were rough. rough. They were, they were, it, you know, and it's kind of like, and then people, you, people would show up. It's not like people weren't there, but then you'd go. Oh, no, they like, were there, but they wanted something very specific, yeah. specific. And if you didn't give it to them, no. they were very mad. No, I, I gave them uh, not at all what they wanted to see. I can assure, <laughs> I can assure you of that. But I was, you know, I was the opening act at the time I was doing those. So it was, uh. You know, hey, I knew the headliner would at least do better. You know, even though if they were hacks yeah. or whatever, they would still. Uh, that's what they wanted to hear. So they did want hack. Yeah, yeah they did. They didn't. That was always upsetting. I was yeah. like, um, I guess I could pretend to be a hack for a night <laughs> so I don't get a bottle thrown at me. I don't know what the fuck. But, but those were the kinds of shows that were always like funny to me. Mm-hmm. Just as like, this is what the thing I love the most has brought me to, you know? Yeah. Um, and then like, of course, like the more you do comedy and the more places you do it, then it's like, it gets to the point where you get good enough where you don't really have to do that anymore. Right. You play um, good places and better. Yeah. Stages, and then, you know, I mean, better and, comics. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And fucking in Royal Oak is like that. Everybody yeah. I know, like my buddy, Mike Binder was just there Yeah, and was just singing its praises. And Mike's been a comic for 700 yes. years. Um, you can tell because he looks like he's been a president four times. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <Right>. he... <laughs> so just, um, 
Yeah, so it just it's just like a good place for comedy. Yeah. Then then you go on stage scrappy and you don't need to be. Like yeah. and I think that's what when a lot of times well, people will come to cities and they'll kind of have that about them. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, they've been on the road too much. Like they've been fighting to be listened to for too much. And then you get to a point where you're like, oh, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't have to fight anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm, making, I'm making I'm making a note to uh, remove the drum kit before you get there. So I, got, <laughs> I got a couple days on that one. And I think, you know, we have the other door to that truck, by the way. I don't know if nice. you knew that that ended up. In Royal Oak, so um, we'll, we'll remove that at your request. It's no problem, and uh, we'll move I thought on. I had it in my writer. That's <laughs> you my probably bad. do. Uh, well, it's great talking to you. I, I, before we go, uh, well, I got a couple. I got a couple extra things here. Are you into professional wrestling, Miss Carmen? Wait, wait, wait. Are you are you into professional wrestling? Are you a fan? I, I dip a toe in professional. Do you really? Because yeah, I was on your Instagram. I'm a big professional wrestling fan, and when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, she's into wrestling." The, the rare girl that likes wrestling. Every guy comic I know likes wrestling, but girls yeah. not so much. Well, especially every asshole comic you know loves wrestling because <laughs> they all they all want to revel in the fact that they're a heel, and it's That's like, true. no, you're just a dick. They, they, oh my god, this right isn't. <laughs> This isn't a play, Ugh. you know. <laughs> did you go to WrestleMania in Los Angeles? A couple I weeks? did go. To oh wow! How was that for I, you? It was incredible. Here's the thing: is I was, um, I jumped in and out of wrestling. Like yeah. it was never something that kept me. Like I, I got into it when I was a kid. My sister was super into it. Like the Macho Man, um, Hulk Hogan era, Ric Flair, Andre the Giant, like that whole era. So when I was real, real little. Um, I'm talking single digit age, my sister, I used to watch it with my sister and then I dipped another toe back into it for a, a year, a couple of years when it was the undertaker, when it okay. was, you know, like yeah. the, the dark era of the mm-hmm. WWE, um, with where Kane and the undertaker mm-hmm. were like siblings and you had Austin and the rock and all that. So then, um, Kurt Angle was big then okay, he was annoying. Yeah. And then over it all started kind of started over the pandemic. I became like buddies with Ron Funches, who's a huge wrestling yeah, okay. fan. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard him and on so, wrestling shows. Yeah, yeah, dude. He, I mean, he has get high watch wrestling. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> As a podcast, um, or did anyways. And so he would be like, "Carm, you would really like this. You would really like this." And so I started watching, you know, Lucha Underground yeah. and uh, like the New Japan wrestling, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh. It's not all the one thing. No. I, and, I, and I found out that I kind of like liked other forms of it. And then yeah. because I watched Lucha, then I was like, oh, that's the dude. Johnny Mundo is fucking ricochet for the for the big outfit. You know what I'm saying? And so um, there's definitely parts of it that I super like. But it was the fact that it was there and we there's like a bunch of like um, they're like a funch like Ron Funch yeah. fans or they're called the Funch Bunch. Mm-hmm. And so like they, we kind of like created this like little crew of all of us that um all party together and so there was like four of us and we found better tickets than people <laughs> who were doing i'm not kidding yeah. better tickets um than the guys that were doing the they do that bot show what are you talking about botchamania botchamania yeah okay yeah botchamania those guys were like in shittier seats than okay. we were and they yeah. love wrestling you know what I'm yeah saying? right right we were like so just because they had like i guess had a huge pack of them that they just released like the morning of <laughs> yeah so we got stellar tickets for very affordable prices right nice 
Um, we definitely lucked. I lucked in, and it was rad to see it. I, I think live wrestling is incredible. But, man, I do want to give credit where credit due. The commentators really spoon-feed the whole thing to you. They yeah. really do it in such a way. It's so... <laughs> They deserve every penny that they get. So, so without they're, it, they're really carrying the shows. So without shows. it, you were a little lost. Would you say? Or I wasn't you, lost, yeah. but it just enriched the experience. Yeah. I always thought. Yeah. So I think the move is to do it like how the old guys used to go and watch the ball game, where they mm-hmm. still had the, ah. the radio show in the ear. Yeah. I think you should still have it's... the show in the in your ear, and then watch and be like, "Oh, that's right, I forgot about <laughs> that argument they had three weeks ago." You know, like they really yeah. like set it all up easy for you. And I thought it was this this WrestleMania in particular was beautiful because, of course, uh, this is niche and specific to me is they put uh, Kaufman. Kaufman was inducted. Yeah, into Andy the, Kaufman, of course. Like yeah. Hall of Fame. So it was amazing because I remember when I first got into Kaufman and like and I would watch the wrestling stuff like I wasn't even in on the bit yeah. before I knew, you know, and I was just like, man, he really fuck, fuck Lawler. Like, fuck <laughs> it. Like, I was just into it, you know. And then, of course, you find out later on that they're like lifelong friends yeah, and yeah, like yeah. this whole. It's so well, it's, it's beautiful. And, and then you and then you kind of understand for me why a lot of comedians do love wrestling. Yeah. It's like, oh, a commitment to the bit. So hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Kaufman is the one that really kind of bridged that gap, I think. Yeah. And then wrestlers love comedy because so many of them do comedy shows and I've worked with plenty of them and some of them mm-hmm. way better than others over the years. And again, I'll probably, sure. I probably, I make Foley being the best of them, but uh, you know, some of these I other guys. I was just going to say, and yeah. what I loved about Foley is he wasn't trying to be a comedian. Yeah. He was just like, I'm a wrestler that has these rad stories and I tell stories well, yeah. you know, and he wasn't just like, oh, I'm a comic now. Cause you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Cause a lot of times they're, they're, they were wrong. They were very much wrong. But yeah. Mick Foley is incredible because he's such a sweetheart. Yeah. He's, um, he's, He's the of best. a human being as well. Yeah. 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 All right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who the worst one was. I'm going I'm, okay, I'm, to, I'm, okay. I'm throwing. All right, Steve Hofstetter, step aside. Cause now I'm going <laughs> to, <tell, laughs> I'm going to say working with the iron Sheik fucking sucked. I'm putting uh, it out there. The iron Sheik, who is so funny on YouTube. And if you watch some of these interviews he's done where he's talking about fuck Hulk Hogan and fuck Randy Savage and, mm-hmm. So I was the guy because someone has to be on stage to ask the questions for him to even kind of get into his bits. There was always like a moderator. Yeah, there's always like a guy like when he does a live show, somebody goes with him. There's this guy like Shuley from Howard Stern, and he was doing it for a while. I saw a show that they did together. But one night it became my turn to do it with Sheik and Sheik was in no mood to do the shtick. And I was like, well, Sheik, how about telling us about that Hulk Hogan? He's like, Hulk Hogan was my friend. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is the worst show ever. There was no saving it. <laughs> it was like he just did not want to do. I don't know if he wasn't drunk or stoned enough or what it was. And then like his nephew was like his manager who's supposed to be like, you know, controlling him and whatever. It's, it was a whole mess. It's not good. Yeah, I, I I didn't understand. Like, and I get it; these boys need to make money. Yeah, and their their bodies break down and need to figure it out. And I get all that, but um, it always sucks when it's not when the product itself isn't good. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, mankind was incredible, and not only did he have great great uh, stories and was like personable and lovely, and like he was also um, 
great merch. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he sold he sold so much stuff when he comes to the comedy castle, and I'm usually the guy like working his line with him and taking the pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just, I mean, he will talk to people about whatever they want to talk about for as long as he wants to. He is not one of those guys like, all right, get the picture and move on. He sits with people and he they will tell them their story about some match they saw Matt years ago and he will listen to the whole thing and give his it's really he's an impressive guy in person. The way he operates is is pretty pretty terrific. So I um you know who I met recently I actually met him through Funches was X Pac. X Pac was Oh uh, yeah, I've met him. Cool guy. Yeah, I met yeah, him. X-Pac's yeah, X Pac's great. Really cool. Him guy. and him and his lady are just like an incredible combo. I love the both of them. Nice. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I could, we could do this all day, but we're not gonna. Yeah. We're not, we're gonna, not gonna, Carmen, but maybe this weekend we'll do a little <laughs> bit. Because I want to get you out of here, but, but speaking of podcasts, let's talk about your show. No, sir, I don't like it. Tell everybody well, about two. that. There's, oh, there's uh, two. There's That's no, the one. Yeah, there's No, Sir, I Don't Like It. And there's also uh, a new one that I've been doing with my buddy Drew and my buddy DJ called Gravy Baby. And okay. um, that's the most fun. I highly recommend that one more than the other one. Um, uh, if you are if you can only pick one, obviously listen yes. to both. Listen. But, <laughs> but I'm just excited about the new one, so I want more people yeah, to listen yeah, yeah. to it and stuff like that. And uh it's uh, me and my buddy Drew and my buddy DJ, who both are from like rural Tennessee. So it's me and two Southern dudes. <laughs> and um, it's, it's red. We talk so much shit and it's like, we get into existential and uh, we, I also make fun of us for getting existential. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so it's a lot of that. It's a lot of uh, it's feel good and um, silly and very stupid. And if that's the kind of vibes you're ever looking for, I highly recommend it. If you're looking for a new flavor of a podcast, there you go, Gravy mm-hmm. Baby, and uh, yeah, it, and we're gonna see this week. Not to be confused with oh, Baby Gravy. That's something very <laughs> different. Don't put that into the search engine because well, you will get something. Depends else. what you're looking for. But if you want exactly. the podcast, it's Gravy. If you want baby. the podcast, if you yeah, want yeah, the yeah, podcast, yeah. go look at mm-hmm. that. All right, Carmen. Well, we're gonna get you out of here. Anything else you want to? You, you said you had a Comedy Central. Uh, Something I'm coming up with those Comedy guys. Central, yeah. um, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. And oddly enough, I have a little special coming out, um, a little short one uh, on OnlyFans. Okay. OnlyFans is, is uh, recently trying to rebrand and be like, hey, look, it's not oh. just porn over here. We got other things, too. Yeah. And um, hence, like, Whitney Cummings and Burt Kreischer all, like, putting their um, – the, the backing them and stuff like that. They did the – the roast of her Kreischer that Whitney Cummings okay. produced and stuff like that. And they're doing a bunch of other, well, they have a series called uh, LMAOF. Um, and it's, uh, it's really rad where you do stand up and it's, it's kind of like shorties watching shorties where, mm-hmm. except you actually get to see the comedian performing. Okay. And then, and then part of their stand up is animated. Nice. So, um, I'm pretty excited about that. Those are two things. Uh, and I'm also going to be in a movie that's coming out. Uh, April 18th. So okay. by the time you hear this, it will be nice. out soon. Yeah. 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 So uh, pretty excited. I thought on like video demand, like on Apple, um, yeah. Apple Plus and like food. Voodoo, I think. Yeah, Amazon like, will probably have it. Yeah. 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 All those, yeah. Uh, all those boys. Yeah. It'll be, it's called Andy Somebody, but that's like my big acting debut. I'm pretty excited about it. So I got those things going on. Um, make sure you check it out. CarmenMorales.com for all of your Carmen Morales needs. Yeah. Please follow me on all the assorted social media at the funny Carmen. <laughs> Can you tell I've done podcasts? You've done them, um, but you're doing good. 
<laughs> Make sure you guys support the Patreon. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Please do. We have none of those things, but you, you for Comedy <laughs> Castle, well, we're we're promoting the club, and the club supports us, so we're not. You know. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. yeah. We're this is yeah. part of. We're just trying to get paid for studio time. The you official studio time out here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do. While well, you do, I have my own studio, but it's nice. That was expensive. <laughs> Yeah, but. I'm not sure how many of these shows I need to do to break even on the equipment, but at some point that will happen. <laughs> point, but um, if it sounds good, then you listeners are getting your money's worth. So what can I tell you? All right. But come see Carmen this weekend. I'm excited to see you. I'll be Please there. Do. I've yeah. This is like my, this is the only time I've ever actually performed anywhere near Detroit. This is yeah. one of those cities. Um, that is eluded me. And I know Royal Lake is not, is not Detroit. I, no. I don't have your listeners uh, crucify me. I know that. No, no, no. no. We answer to everything. Got, so please. Yeah. <laughs> we answer to Detroit, Michigan. It doesn't, you know. I do love Michigan, though, by the way. Because yeah. Michigan's one of those states that's like, we're cool with pot and guns. And yeah. I was like, that's the kind of purple yeah. I'm looking for. You know what I mean? That's where the sweet spot is for comedy. So we've got guns, but we're too high to use them. So yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. It I is. love it. it I is. love it. All right, Carmen. Well, nice talking to you. I'll see you this weekend over at the Comedy Castle. You guys get your tickets, and uh, we'll see you there. Thanks. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. That was fun, right? Who knew OnlyFans for comedy? Not sure if I see that catching on, but good luck with that. (laughs) I mean, Burt Kreischer on OnlyFans is kind of funny, but, you know, if you're some female comic and you got an OnlyFans... I think guys are going to want to see you naked, and I don't think she's doing that. So I don't know. What do I know? Uh, but yeah, Carmen was great. Come out this weekend and check out her shows. I'm excited to have her back at the club. Like we said, she filmed laughs, and that went out. She was not part of the taping that got botched. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> anyway, um, but I, I did tell you we had uh, some sad news uh, in the comedy world, the Comedy Castle world. In the last week, uh, a, a gentleman, uh, a guy who was a friend of mine and a really funny comic, a guest on the very second episode that we ever did. I'm talking Tom McCarthy, interviewing him and everything, going way back. Paul Pizzix sadly passed away uh, this past week and uh, very young age. I believe he was in his uh, 52, maybe early 50s. And... Um, he he had a health condition. I, I don't know exactly if it was a heart attack. That's what I'm hearing. And it's, you know, it, it rattles you when you hear that. Uh, another comedian friend dying young before their time. Paul was always a great guy and uh, constantly working on stuff at the club. That's the thing. You know, people, a lot of people just knew Paul from coming in on Wednesday and doing those open mics and working on stuff and always like pacing the back hallway just back and forth back and forth before he did new stuff and paul liked to push it he liked to push the boundaries of what you could say and so he would work that stuff out on open mic and sometimes he'd go too far and he'd come off just oh was that too far yeah once in a while um but he was always working so hard at it and of course was a feature act for us for years and years at the comedy castle i mean probably almost 20 years paul had been there and, you know, once a year, twice a year, whatever. And then a few years ago, uh, must have been, it would have been 2020. Probably we were back, probably right when we were back from the pandemic. Paul was in, he was featuring and 
he was just crushing it on stage, just destroying, like unbelievable. You know, had the audience in the palm of his hands. That's what I like to say when you see a comic and they just they're eating, they're waiting on every word. They're eating out of the palm of your hand, complete control of the audience. It was just masterful. And he and he's the feature act. So we got a headliner and his ass come on. And I'm sure whoever that was uh, uh, that week was good, uh, but Paul was having just unbelievably great sets. And after one of them, I went uh, backstage and I said to him, I said, look, man, uh, you know, in a couple of months, I want you to submit your name to, to headline at the comedy castle. He said, really? I don't know if I can headline. I said, Paul, you had them completely in control, eating out of the palm of your hands, waiting on every word. You got to do it as a headliner, man, because it's no one can follow you at this point. Please put in for headliner. Trust me. I, I think you're ready. It's been long enough. Let's do it. And he goes, well, you know, I don't know if I have enough material to do, you know, 45. I said, listen, you got six months, maybe a year from getting booked to even write the rest of that stuff. So please put in and do it. And he says, you know what? I will. And he did. And sure enough, he headlined our club, did a great job as I remember it. Really uh, funny stuff consistently funny did his time and I remember him coming off one of those shows that weekend when he was headlining he was just so thankful to me and and I said dude you deserve this this is this is quite an achievement not every comedian gets to this spot and you worked hard for it and you deserve it buddy and um sadly we lost Paul last week um you know not a lot that I can say more than just always fun, always, you know, I, I didn't know him to have any enemies. We made the joke. If you want to listen to Paul, I'm going to, I'm linked to his interview with Tom. If you go to comedy castle podcast for the Carmen Morales show, this current one, I'll have a link in there. And, uh, there was a sign backstage, uh, right as you go out, right as you pull that door open, if you come to the comedy cast, you see that barn door that slides open, Right above it, one week, and I'm sure you'll hear this story uh, if you do decide to listen to the interview, but I'll tell you again because it's great. Somebody, one weekend, wrote, Paul Pizzix, you owe us a lot of money, and pasted it backstage above that door. And no one can really, because you wouldn't see it normally. You have to really look up to see it. And I think one day I discovered it, or maybe Bill Lodge discovered it, who works there with me, and it was sort of like, well, who is who left this and what's the story? And we got Paul in and Paul said, I don't know who owed me. I don't know who I owe. I don't owe a lot of money to anybody. So it was always a funny thing, but we thought it was so great. We just leave it up. And, uh, I think we should leave it up forever. That's what I think. If it was up to me, it's not. And maybe people think that's, uh, you know, gallows humor or something, or it's, uh, Brooks was here from, <laughs> Shawshank Redemption or something, but it's, uh, I always thought that was funny. Whoever left that is probably one of his comedy friends. Who, I don't think anyone's ever cop to it, but, um, I'm going to look at that every day. I looked at it last weekend when I heard the news and, uh, uh, something just hit me. It was, uh, I was really emotional about it. You know, it's, uh, <sighs> all right, I'm going to leave you with this, but again, get, uh, please go listen to Paul. When you're done, uh, you know, if you're done with this show and you don't mind taking another 30 minutes out of your day, we appreciate it. I'm sure his family would. Let's remember Paul Pizzix. He was great. And uh, we'll see you all this week. 
at the Comedy Castle, guys. Good night. 